Hello and welcome to another interview on givingcircleshelp.com where we're compiling information and interviews from people around the country who are running their own giving circles so we can learn from each other and continuously improve our ability to make an impact with our giving. And today we have something unique. I am speaking with Jeff Lucasina, who is a student at the University of Pittsburgh. And I got an email from him a few months ago as he was launching a research project into giving circles. And I asked him if he would come and share with our listeners a little bit about what he found out. So Jeff, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. Could you what got you interested um, in maybe philanthropy in general and then giving circles in particular? Yes, that is correct. And, and what was it? What is it about giving circles that interests you? Um, well, I had to read an article for class um, by Jessica Behrman and Andrew Eikenberry, who were probably the two... Uh, most influential researchers on this topic originally, and um, I had to come up with a research paper topic, and my professor had suggested to try and compare two giving circles in the Pittsburgh area, and uh, as I was doing more research, I found that the Pittsburgh area has uh, four circles, and then I also found um, that there's many across the country and somewhere online. So I kind of broadened the research um, just to make it easy, and then I took a survey that was in their, one of their original articles and uh, reformatted it and added a few of my additional questions on the future of philanthropy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I have been reaching out to Giving Circles all across the country as, as part of my Giving Circles project, and... Um, I actually have not discovered any giving circles in Pittsburgh during my research, so I'm curious, how did you find these giving circles? Do they have websites? Did you find them through local foundations? Where did they come from? Um, well, actually, um, two of the people who were surveyed um, have spoken the last three or four years in our class. Um, they're part of the Sankofa Foundation or the, think of the Circle of Western Pennsylvania. And, um, and my professor also told me about a group called Awesome Pittsburgh. And both of those two circles are affiliated with other um, host foundations across the country. So they're a local, but then they're also hosted nationally um, through the chapters and also through the Community Investment Network. Uh-huh. And then with the help of some other friends and uh, who are on the circles and assistance to the university, I found um, two other um, foundations. And one did the full survey. One person just answered a few questions uh, because they, they were pretty busy with work. So mm -hmm. it was just a lot of different um, sources and a lot of researching online uh, just asking people here in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting to me that really it was mostly word of mouth. There is one website um, that lists giving circles all across the country, and I believe there was one for Pennsylvania listed in York, PA. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It was a women's giving circle, but other than that, I did not see anything else listed in Pittsburgh. 
Okay. And this, to me, is interesting because this has been my experience with Giving Circle is that, you know, we find new members not through advertising, but we find it through word of mouth. It really is kind of a hands-on, person-to-person sort of thing that it grows. And you knew about them because they had spoken about it or they had spoken to somebody else who you then spoke to. And that seems to be, I think, very common for Giving Circles. Would you agree? Yes, it seemed like a lot of them had started and they're having some trouble continuing to keep members. Um, and some are kind of re- reformatting in a way. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, did you find um, anything... Well, actually, let's back up and do you, could you kind of give us an overview of, of your paper that you, that you put together? Sure. Um, so I did... Um, basically a survey of five circles. Um, all of them um, had a little different setup. Um, three of them were um, formed and then they were uh, picked up kind of by the a host site or foundation. Um, and the other one was just basically they, they met monthly and now they're meeting quarterly. And the, the, the idea basically is they're finding um, ideas within the community that um, haven't been met. And um, they pon- some of them just fund things on the spot and others have a more formal process where they actually go through a, a submission, grant submission process and then it, each member has a vote. Um, also, the amounts of money that are contributed vary, um, so that was kind of interesting. Um, the size of them was pretty consistent, um, probably anywhere from five members to about 25 members uh, was the average size. Um, most of them have been through at least one grant process or grant cycle. Um, and they're kind of seeing where they're going to go in the future. Uh, the makeup was mostly individuals who were older, um, typically between 40 and 65, and 65 and above with a uh, demo. Uh, the one circle was all African-American. That was the Santopa. Um the other one was all women. Uh, the Austin Pittsburgh, they didn't report, but it seems like it's a mix. Uh, and then the other one was all women, uh, eight members. And then um, yours was the online one. So they had a mix of all different uh, um, reports on you know, the makeup and the demographics. Mm-hmm. And that's what I found in my interviews as well, is that everybody is doing it differently. How much they're donating, how they're donating, where they're donating. They all have different rules um, for for understanding that process. And then the second uh, half of the paper kind of looked at emerging trends. And one of the ones I kind of went into was looking at uh, where minorities are and kind of where they're going to going, they seem to uh, be a, a way for those groups to come into philanthropy 
And uh, there was actually quite a large number um, through the Asian Pacific Network. That was one of the biggest um, ones. And then there's you know a lot of the more women circles. Uh, there's starting to be more um, gay and lesbian circles. So it seems like it's diversifying uh, more. And I also think a lot of it is uh, partly because those issues haven't been met within the foundation community. That was one of the articles I looked at. And also the fact that um, it's small amounts of money and people are getting a chance to learn about um, grant making and philanthropy. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so emerging trend is um, more minorities getting involved through giving circles as a way of getting involved in philanthropy. Um, and then also that the smaller giving amounts makes it more accessible to other people. Yes, and then the third one I would include is uh, grooming people for leadership roles. was another thing that kind of came out, particularly out of the um, Baltimore Grant Making uh, Association. Now, would you say that they're grooming for leadership within the giving circle or that the giving leadership experience they get in the giving circle translates to out out in their other, you know, professional and personal life? Uh, it seemed like it would start within within the giving circle and then work outward towards uh, other uh, fundraising philanthropy and also just in the professional work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was there anything as you were researching Giving Circles that really surprised you about what they're doing or what they're accomplishing? Um, I mean, it it varies because some circles are so small and then you get some of the circles you read about that are, you know, 100, maybe 200 members. So um, it might seem that, that these... Uh, methods of philanthropy are, are not generating much money, but when you look in the overall um, calculations and statistics, it's pretty large amounts of money. Um, I saw one article said anywhere upwards to 100 million um, since like the early 90s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it's kind of hard to uh, get a true handle because there's no. Um, organization that really tracks this kind of information. Like, typically you could go to Gibbing USA or the School of Philanthropy and get statistics, but this is kind of uh, off the track just because I guess the way that they're set up, they're independent unless they're getting picked up by a foundation or the community investment network. So that made it a bit difficult. And then the other thing that was kind of difficult for me was trying to understand like how they emerged uh, historically, um, and also I think some of it has to do with how you define it as a definition because um, it's kind of a loose association. So there's several different things that could be considered uh, giving circles. So, mm-hmm. so what, how would you define it after doing your research? What would you say is the definition of the giving circle? Um, I would consider a community effort to um, better um, particular 
group of people's interest uh, around a cause, and um, it is kind of a it's an investment um, mechanism uh, that people can pull small money amounts of money to have a, a greater impact. Um, you know, where something is not particularly met within that community. Yeah. Yeah, explaining a giving circle it can actually be really challenging. I still find it hard, and I've been doing this for two years, and really thinking about it and writing about it, and even still for me, it's it's hard to define. One of the <clears> things that I do is I tell a story about stone soup. Are you familiar with that story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I find that that kind of... Even if most people haven't, even if people haven't heard the story, they can get the concept really quickly. And so for those of our listeners who haven't heard the story, so the story of Stone Soup is, you know, these, this, you know, man walks into a village and he's hungry and he asks for food, but the, nobody in the village is willing to feed him. They all say, sorry, it's been a bad harvest. We don't have enough for ourselves. And he says, well, let me help you. I'm going to make you stone soup. And he puts into this pot these, you know, beautiful stones. And he says, gosh, if only we had carrots. And somebody says, hey, oh, wait a second, I have carrots. And they come back with carrots. And then the guy says, gosh, you know, a few potatoes would just really make this soup so much better. And somebody says, well, I have potatoes. And all of a sudden, somebody, everybody in the village has contributed a little something, and at the end, there's this beautiful soup. And I think that it's kind of like the story of giving circles, is that we all have a little something that we can share. And when we do it together, we end up with something much bigger than we could have done by ourselves. But it's hard to talk about. It's hard to talk about. Do you think that um, they'll start to get easier to track? Do you think there's going to be some growing interest in the philanthropic, the professional philanthropic world? I would hope so, but I don't know because um, just the nature of, you know, like since it maybe meets quarterly or monthly, it might, um, you know, not get as much traction unless you're starting to see larger amounts of money. I think a lot of times people think um, that small is not good. It's it's trying to build capacity in a way where people think <laughs> of some, you know, foundation giving a million dollar grant for something, you know, mm-hmm. that has impact, but uh, it might not have a connection, you know, like since, since they're giving it, people kind of like don't want to get involved because it's not really their money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's somebody else's money. And I'm not really sure where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see more and more circles, um, you know, because there's just so many needs that need met immediately. And I think that's what the circle benefit is. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how nonprofits are going to use it because, you know, a lot of them are strapped for money, but I don't know if that's the purpose of them. 
Yeah, is, that's an interesting point that you bring up, especially, I know, in my giving circles, that it's it's donor-driven. We don't accept applications from nonprofits. It's just what our members want to do. And I think, you know, for a nonprofit who wants to, you know, create their own regular givers, and the giving circle isn't necessarily going to be, you know, a great place for consistent ongoing donations, but, you know, a larger one-time donation. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting dynamic between mm -hmm. giving circles who want to donate and nonprofits who want the, those donations. Yeah, and I think that the, the part of it that makes it interesting is the collective, you know, like, how do you negotiate um, each, each person has their own individual autonomy, but then when it comes to the collective, it could get interesting, you know. Mm -hmm. And some people want one thing and some people want another. I don't know if that's come up with any groups, uh, circles or not. Yeah, well, that's going to come up anytime you have people because everybody has a different opinion. <laughs> and so what, you're, you're absolutely right. One of the challenges in a giving circle is managing that. I think it's one of the reasons why giving circles will end up failing too is because they're not able to handle that dynamic. Well that and the other problem uh, that came up in the one circle was that they had a volunteer leader and the volunteer leader left um, so they're really struggling to, to keep things going forward. Yes, absolutely. Every giving circle I speak with really struggles with leadership. Leadership. What happens when the one person who's been doing it steps down? Right. Yeah. So I think um, the one circle particularly said having no host or network to fall back to that can kind of fill in the gaps. There's, you're still running it, but they seem to kind of indicate that they had some uh, backup leadership in a way. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's interesting. So that could be a benefit of going with, you know, a foundation to provide you with that structure. Right. When you don't have it in place either temporarily or long-term. Yeah. So after doing all of your research and contacting these giving circles, did you join a giving circle? Uh, no, I haven't, but I, I would consider doing it. Yeah. So when, if you were going to be joining a giving circle now with what you know, what would you look for? Well, I think I'd have to look for um, some kind of cause I'd be interested in supporting. Um, and I don't know if the um, giving circles that I've ser uh, researched here, whether I could fit into them or not, I don't know. I'd have to, uh, you know, do a little more research and talk to the people that are in charge of them. Um, and so I'm curious if if gender plays a role in that because I think many giving circles um, are either all women or primarily women. Was that your experience when you contacted these that they were mostly women? Yes, that seemed to be the case. Um, like the one was all African American, and it had you know both genders, and the other two were all women. Mm -hmm. And the one they didn't tell me the breakdown, so I don't know. Yeah, and so oftentimes my experience has been is that the 
giving circles because I think they are made up of so many women really focus on causes that support women and children. Have you did you find that as well? Um, not as much. No. Um I think if you go uh wider in definition, uh historically a lot of people are considered like rotary clubs and uh lions uh somewhat of a giving circle, and you would get a more even uh, balance in gender in those kind of groups. That's true. Um, but I, they seem like they have a bit of a different structure to me. Yeah. In what way? Um, they're more tied toward, um, like, a, a statewide system or a national or international system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like that there's more... Uh, a structure in place and those structures kind of um, not tell those groups what to do but it seems to kind of push them in that way and they're not as um, even I mean they work within the community but they're not as to me as organic people would be yeah yeah you may have a, an interesting point that it's you know, because they are large national, international organizations that and that have been around for decades, you know, they have a very large infrastructure in place that kind of guides the entire experience. Right, and I think the point there would be they're not um, as democratized. Like, uh-huh. That's the phrase in a lot of the research is they give... The giving circles give people a chance to be part of a small group to run everything, but feel like they're you know part of a larger collective. Gotcha. And it it gives people. That's why I like them so much is that they can they can make change, but you know they have control as well. Uh-huh. So if you were looking for a giving circle, you would look for one that is supporting the right causes. Uh, would you want to meet the people and see if you like the people? Do you think that's important when joining a giving circle? Yeah, I think it would make it be more effective. I mean, if you're just you're just putting money in, I don't know if it's. Um, I mean, yeah, that's good. You're raising money, but um, you're trying to help other people understand how a circle works and how. Um, you know, to build capacity within the community mm-hmm. is are the key. So the right cause, the you know, right people that you enjoy donating with. Is there anything else that you would look for in a giving circle? Um, I think those would be the two key ingredients. Well, any Jeff, do you have any closing thoughts about giving circles or advice or insights that we haven't covered so far? Um, well, I think the key thing is once you're trying to set one up is make sure you have, you know, pretty stable leadership if you can. Um, and it seems to be that um, you don't want to meet like all the time, but you want to like quarterly work for some of the groups um, and then the, the one that's 
the awesome group. They meet monthly and they award money. So I think setting up uh, like when you're going to award money and how you're going to award it are you know, key. Mm-hmm. And you just have to stick to uh, whatever cause you have. And it also seems key that you have continuing um, education. Um, whether that be somebody coming in from a foundation or somebody from the circle or from a network, whatever, it seems like just continuing different uh, types of education. Yeah. Um, hands-on kind of things. I mean, you know, I think there's making sure the leadership is stable and just continuing uh, education, keep bringing new ideas in. Yeah, that's good advice. Well, Jim, it was such a pleasure getting your insights. When are you presenting this? I'm presenting um, a session on Thursday at the Association of Fundraising and Plan Giving uh, Conference in Pittsburgh. How fantastic. Well, I wish you luck. And uh, if you ever have any other questions about Giving Circles, I hope you'll, you'll reach back out to me. Thanks for sharing your thoughts and advice with us today. All right, thanks.